podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. All right, lads, here we go. It's WrestleMania weekend. It's the final episode of Saturday Draft Live all the season. Get fucking in there. I'm excited. I am my usual host, Scott McLeod, welcoming you to the special WrestleMania weekend edition of Saturday Draft Live. It's the final one of the season, I said. We're going to try and make this a good one. And I couldn't be doing this without my loyal co-host, first off. He was the host of the NXT show, and he did have some issues with the what connection, but he's here now. It's David. Hello, David. You're really going to milk this, aren't you? Like, it was a bad night. My Wi-Fi sucked, uh, but the important thing is I'm going to get it resolved. So, yeah, just just enjoy it while it lasts. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Who's brought up Alan Jones more than anybody else. Or the people who bring up 44 all the fucking time are going to talk to me about milking stuff that happened a few days ago. <laughs> When's the last time I mentioned Alan Jones or 44? You know, I'm not even going to get into this. You know, I guess you don't know. My blood Aye. pressure is at a high level as it is. And also a man who's very disappointed at the current outcome of the, the listeners league, which we'll get into in a wee while. It is the man with the best laugh since Jimmy Carr. It's Jack Graham. Hello, yes, here, here once again, as as you echoed, we are fucking excited, it's WrestleMania weekend, oh, I can't wait, I'm buzzing, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, it's it's going to be a good one, oh, it's, oh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, it certainly looks it, and Jack, you are currently bottom again at the table, and we're going to get into all that, your team and decisions made, not just by you, but by our guests this week, who's finally able to join us as a Made sure, like a good wrestling fan, that he got WrestleMania weekend off. Is my brother Ross McLeod? Yes, of course. You don't bring the Rock in for backlash. You don't bring the Rock in for fastlane. You bring the Rock in for WrestleMania. And I, being the Dwayne Johnson of this podcast, or you know, people have called me words to that effect, Dick, more along the lines. But you know, <laughs> being the Dwayne Johnson of this podcast and the main event. It's only fitting that I come here on the go-home show for WrestleMania. I mean, to be fair, Rock did compete at Elimination Chamber one year. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and he did okay. compete at Backlash before. Okay, I'll just take my, my facts and shove them up my arse. <laughs> but we're just going to dive into it, as we usually do, with our top three, the final top three of WrestleMania week. Obviously, it was a different after WrestleMania, but, you know, our next show's going to be our slide show, so it won't really matter there, but uh, to the no one's surprise, it's been heavily impacted by both nights of NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. And number three in the top three this week with 13 points is MSK, uh, who won the NXT Tag Team Championships, uh, which is a good for me and, and Stephen. And cause, especially good because they were our third choice. And yeah, I'll come to you because like before then we had MJF and Jericho was our first choice, and our second choice was the team that you guys took. Uh, Thatcher and Champa, so it was like MSK have been in for a hell of a push and probably should be looked at more seriously as a tag pick next season. Yeah, I think I think the thing with MSK, I think there was a lot of, a lot of everyone was kind of like, oh, MSK is going to be a good pick, and it was certainly along the thinking of what what me and uh, my my fellow teammate Ross thought, but they'd only just came in at, at the start of the season. You know what I mean? They were just they were just new to NXT. Where I was like, ah, oh, maybe they can't they can't just put them straight into that into that scene already, make them the top dogs already, but uh, colour me stupid. You know, that's that's exactly what they've done. They've they've came in, they've won the tag titles the end of the season, they won the Dusty Cup. So, aye, fair play. It seems that taking them was just a, a really good call and I think maybe maybe other folk looked snobbly against it because of just like as as we did, they just came in. So I you, you can't argue with that then finishing the season we are tag team winning tag gold. You can't you can't ask for much better. Yeah, we touched on on the 
the NXT TakeOver preview show that, um, like, with the pandemic and, you know, the breakup of the Broserweights and then Undisputed Era basically being in other things throughout the summer, the NXT title, uh, tag title was just sort of forgot about. Um, and you had to really rebuild that division. So MSK coming in as the hot over baby faces and grizzled young veterans coming in as these total bellends who are trying to like ruin everyone's good time. Like when the two of those returned to NXT, or sorry, debuted and returned, they were going to get pushed right off the bat. And I think it just... If we had seen that coming, we would have picked MSK, but just dust to cut, you know, logic, we went with the odd couple tag team and it uh, blew up mine and Jack's face. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a lot of people were actually kind of surprised with MSK's when it uh, stand and deliver, because I think a lot of us on the pods especially, you know, we were all under the assumption that Grizzle Jung veterans were going to win the tag titles and MSK would go into pursuit, uh, you know, following following the season, but... No, they've clearly put all their chips in with MSK. You know, they have them win the Dusty Cup straight away, and now they're they've taken over as the tag team champions. So in hindsight, you know, I was a little bit uncertain about MSK being a tag team selection, but you know what? It's paid off. Uh, paid off in the end for Scott and Stevens' team. Yeah, I think obviously in the weekly TV, like with uh, Wesley having uh, the hand injury, like it was they paid off in like two major bursts, like with Tejor and then. This so like when the big show is where you get the most points and then they help deliver there even if they weren't really as much of a feature on the weekly show but I think that would change if you pick them next season as a longer uh, season. We go into Dave I'll stick with you for number two mm-hmm. and he also has uh, 13 points and he's one of your picks. Carrying Cross and now the new NXT champion regaining the title. He never lost I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, you and Robert were happy about this outcome. This is also an outcome you're hoping for when you picked him initially. Yep, very happy with that. It was, uh, well, to sort of go with his gimmick, it was all a matter of time before he regained the NXT Championship. And so happened, uh, Doomsday occurs in the last week of the season. And yeah, so Karrion Cross has been kind of quiet for most of the season. But as soon as he got into that program with Finn Balor, that's when the points started racking up. Uh, it did look a bit sort of back and forthy in the match itself, I must admit. But we're happy with the, the final outcome. Now, Karrion Cross is now the fourth two-time NXT champion, and he's no longer our lowest scorer as well. He's actually overtook the Young Bucks in terms of total points, getting 23 overall. And the 13 from this week has basically, you know, sort of shot him past that point. Now he's into he's into high-scoring territory now, and he was a, it turns out to be a, a strong fifth-round pick in the end. So, yeah, very happy with that. Also, a wee fact for you here, he's the... He's the fourth two-time NXT champion, but he's also the second two-time NXT champion to win his second title from another two-time champion. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura won his second NXT title from two-time champ Samoa Joe. And now Karrion Cross won his second NXT title from two-time champ Finn Balor. So, we've got a, we've got a stats there for you. Very good, Ross. Too, too, too many twos are getting thrown about here. Get me a sorry. Get me a sorry. <laughs> This is why Ross is a two-time quiz showdown champion. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) But we go back to me and Stephen's team with a jump from 13 up to 33 with our captain, who I think people agreed was a a wise choice to put the captaincy on her. And we were talking about her on the NXT TV show, Ross, about how certain we were that she was probably going to walk out NXT champion. Raquel Gonzalez tops the top three of the week. She was a round four pick for me and Stephen. And now look where she is now. She's actually the top scoring single female pick was a nine Shane as a tag team uh, or the highest tag team and technically the highest females but we don't get the point for individual singles matches the highest single female is Raquel Gonzalez does this make Raquel Gonzalez at least for season five a uh, potential second round or even first round pick now as NXT Women's Champion mm, yes and no because do I see her holding the title all the way to SummerSlam no. Do I... The, the, the tricky thing is here, what, some good that we got from Balor, me and Jack, was we did get two title defences out of him before he lost the title. But there's very rarely times where the NXT 
like men's and women's champions start off in matches. Like they're either in promo segments or backstage segments or in tag matches that they're likely to lose through no fault of their own. So NXT, obviously, she will be a prime, would you call it a prime pick for next season, but NXT, sometimes it gives and sometimes it takes. Like, it, it just depends who who you pick. And I've got a feeling because Raquel Gonzalez, I think they want her to run through the women's division, but I think they'll do it slowly mm-hmm. so as not to run out of opponents because I think Io Shirai is maybe going to get a rematch and then go up to either Raw or SmackDown. And after that, there's not really a lot of women there that are credible. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe a match with Dakota Kai, but I think she'll score in about two minutes once they break up. And then there's there's not much there in the women's division at the moment. I think the thing with Dakota, when they probably won't have a match for the title, I think it'll be more of a slow burn. So I actually could see her holding it to uh, SummerSlam. And... Uh, Dave, we'll come to you in a second because I know you sure I was on your team, but I do agree with what I said about the turn of the title match tonight. I think we'll see fewer like match title matches thrown away on free TV for NXT going forward now that they're on Tuesdays because I think a lot of the time when they had a, a title match like when Balor would defend against Adam Cole recently, it was more so like popper rating in the Wednesday Night War, which are now technically over with the NXT moving night. So I don't think they'll be as like desperate to grab ratings on this new night. But yeah, Dave, I think you guys probably, you said before it was kind of a possibility you'd sort of when you picked you should ride that you'd probably lose at the end of the season, but you got as many points out of it as you could in the meantime. Yeah, it was, me and Robert had this assumption that, you know, I think he was at some point going to drop to Raquel, but between the start and the end of the season, we expected her to rack up a few title defences over the likes of Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, which definitely worked in our favour. You know, Io Shirai was the the highest scoring fourth round pick for, for most of the season. And it was that win at Stand and Deliver that boosted Raquel Gonzalez up to not only the highest scoring female singles pick for this season, but she's also now in the in the top 10 overall. I think she's in seventh place now, 54 points just behind Bobby Lashley and just above Kenny Omega. So they, it all comes down to, you know, winning a title on a pay-per-view, which is big points in of itself. But with the captaincy applied, it's it's pay dirt. And that's why Raquel's scored so highly in just this week alone, scoring over 30 points. And that's, so she's basically more than doubled her, her score in the space of one week. So, yeah, and obviously you guys did the right thing by switching the captaincy over to her. You know, the captaincy made all the difference for Raquel. And it's boosted you guys, I think, from fifth to fourth place now, I believe. I think we're, we're still in fourth. I think we just opened a bit of a gap ahead of uh, the teams that were behind us. And I think we're just, even with the biggie loses or not, I don't think we're moving out of fourth place anytime soon. Unless like you and Robert have a, a disaster for some which I don't think is going to happen. So I think me and team have to basically accept our, our spot in fourth place. And uh, said it could have been a bit worse, you know. All our chips are on Bianca here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez is technically number three in the, uh, the top five uh, newcomers uh, ahead of Daniel Bryan and Adam Pearce, but ahead of her is Bobby Lashley, who's uh, been picked for the first time in a long time as a singles pick, and Edge, who's picked by Sarah Stratton. I think the last time he was picked was around season four. I think Ross picked him mm-hmm. uh, back then when he was made his drum. We weren't sure then how often he was going to appear. But we go over to the table, and, and Ross and Jack, the, the priesthood, on 129 points in last place, and obviously Finn Balor will probably have to contribute to that. Seven strike, 139 points. They will also do probably they'll probably keep the fifth place spot, but I think with an eggs win at WrestleMania, they could jump up a little bit more. Uh, 188 points. Uh, the two-man power trip, me and Stephen, and then uh, we go up to the Shawbank Redemption, David and Robert, with uh, 219 and a half points. We had a gap there. And then we get to the top two. I don't want to say rule you guys out, David, but I think it has been a two or three for a lot of the season. Mm. And we've got Neil Campbell and Ryan in second. They go to 230 and a half points. And Gary and Grant Men are missing 237 points. Uh, before we go to the list, I want to talk to you guys about where you see this going. Uh, because either both these teams are shown throughout the season they could easily win this. But what it comes down to, I think, is obviously Drew McIntyre. Uh, and Bobby Lashley both being on Grand Grant. They must say before, even if Drew wins, which he probably will, uh, not to spoil my, what my prediction is when we do our preview. But like, the captaincy on him will help gain them more points than they would have lost with Lashley. And then you got uh, Campbell and Ryan. If 
nine Shana who have been their best team that's carried them for most of the season and they were the captains and now they're no longer their captain. If they lose, that could be a big thing. And also that means that all their chips will be laid on Daniel Bryan, who's now their captain, to get the win in the main event. Uh, Jago, do you do think that it lays on the captains for both teams to, to determine who's actually going to walk out with the, the victory? Yeah, I think I think so. I think I, I said a couple of weeks ago about David and Ryan. I think they were pretty wise to have the caps they changed to Daniel Bryan at the time because I think that was a kind of their their big shot to gain extra points. But if I'm being completely honest, I didn't I didn't think going into WrestleMania Grant and Gary would be winning. And then when you look at their team, obviously Drew's their captain. Obviously, Bobby Lashley is in there as well. But I think if Bobby Lashley loses that match, they'll only lose two points, I think, because they'll get the appearance, but it's four. They lose four points for a title loss at pay-per-view. So it counts as like two points lost, really. They've got Asuka as well. It might lose. So I, I, I don't know. I really I really don't know. The captain's going to play a lot, as you said, but I, I genuinely can't call it of who's going to win this. Mm. Yeah, both, both teams have got both teams have got quite a lot to lose uh, come WrestleMania because looking at the goat tones as well, you've got Nia and Shayna who may or may not retain. You've got Sasha Banks who may or may not retain. Daniel Bryan may or may not win. I think what's going to prop up the goat tones though is if Adam Pearce gets multiple appearances over the weekend because he has been a an absolute steal of a fifth round pick uh, for them, scoring thirty eight points. So I think if it's if it's going to come down to WrestleMania. I think the Goat Tones might have the edge in the hope that Adam Pearce makes a couple of appearances and the the results are sort of split between these two teams. So it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a close one. Yeah, because I think also they both got Asuka and Sasha respectively. I think they're both kind of being set up to, to lose their championships at WrestleMania, which will be uh, will hurt them points wise. I do think uh, if things go their way with Drew, it could come down to Daniel Bryan for the Goat Tones, which means it would come down to the very last match. All of WrestleMania, the very last match of the season overall, which is kind of how you like to see it. You want to see it come down to the wire uh, in the season. And what's, what's the, oh, the opposite of that, though, in the listeners' league, is that it feels like one person can storm ahead for most of the season. But, Dave, then a new challenger has then swooped in and almost stole it at the last hurdle. And mm-hmm. you're going to give us more details about that with the listeners' league. Yeah, uh, just before I do that, I'm just going to do the top five very quickly. And we actually have a new entry to the top five. Someone who's been sort of trailing this season, but is now shot back to prominence. It is Colin Blackburn with Koshi's Warriors, 246 and a half points. He's claimed fifth place in the last week of this season. Uh, and that all comes down to carrying Cross as his team captain. He also has Raquel Gonzalez in his team. So that's uh, helped boost him back into the into the spotlight now. He has Drew McIntyre on his team as well, and he also has Matt Riddle. So it's definitely one to watch for for Colin. You know, he could sneak in a, a strong finish for sure. Uh, we Ollie Browning, the scene of that in fourth place, 258 points. He's had a very, very consistent season. More often than not, he's been in the top five there or thereabouts. Billy Strachan maintains third place with Billy's no mates, 267 points. Now, again, Billy's, you know, been the same place as Ollie. You know, he's been Sort of back and forth, but always maintaining a top five position. Drew McIntyre is his team captains, uh, so he's hoping for a, a big WWE title win to kick off WrestleMania. And I think the only way he's going to score points at WrestleMania is AJ Styles is his third round pick. And as we know, he's in the Raw tag team title match. But Raquel Gonzalez's title win is what's keeping him in third place at the minute. But believe it or not, and I'm I'm sure Jack's got a. Uh, got the tissues at the ready because Ryan Dalgleish has been knocked off the top spot. Uh, the people's representatives down to second place, 285 and a half points because overtaking them in first place is Peace and Jam, Alan Laurie's team, 298 points, very close to breaking the 300 point barrier. Now for Alan Laurie, uh, the big points scored were Raquel Gonzalez and MSK, both winning titles at Stand and Deliver. Whereas Ryan uh, had Finn Balor on his team and he lost the NXT title so that was a bit of a hamper uh, for him but looking at Alan Laurie's team he's in the same position as Gary and Grant he has Drew and Bobby in his team but Drew's his team captain so ideally he'd be wanting a, a Drew McIntyre win for Wrestlemania as would Ryan because Drew is also Ryan's captain but Alan has the advantage of also having Bobby Lashley on his team which actually you know as Jack mentioned it sort of balances out the scoring a bit uh 
where the only place I can see Allen possibly slipping up is Big E the defending against Apollo Crews. And a lot of us have been saying Apollo may gain the title at WrestleMania. So it's uh, it's a little bit up in the air at this stage. I think one thing that could help Ryan, though, is Nyan Shayna is his tag team. And he also has Daniel Bryan as his, as his third round pick. So... Again, it could be a very, very close one. It all just depends, you know, which way the results go for these guys. This is going to be very close down to the wire. But don't be surprised if if Colin Blackburn actually shoots up to, say, third place, uh, given his team, because he's just sort of come out of nowhere. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be very competitive and down to the wire. But keep your eye on Alan and Ryan, because... It's going to be a similar battle to what we see with the Goat Tones and Men on a Mission. This is why WrestleMania weekend is so exciting now. Uh, but yeah, that's the, the state of the Listeners League. And one of those five people is going to be joining us next season. So on that note, back to you, Scott. Yeah, it's an interesting time for uh, anybody joining us because they're joining us in the, in the longest season of the, the draft. They're going to have to you know, deal with the transfer window as well. And they're going to be really thrown into the, the fire. And I must say, I have enjoyed the listeners' league debate. What some people amongst the podcast have said about it, uh, and I enjoy watching it grow. And I hope to see that continue. Although I must say, I am shocked and appalled at this outcome, because you know you have a respectable team like like Ryan Delia, a team that represents the people, and then at the last second, Alan fucking Lloyd, who the fuck is he? <laughs> who is this Alan Lloyd, this cretin that comes in to steal Ryan's spot? You know. And who every time we treat something out, he's more desperate for attention than Ross's dogs. And no, he's all, oh, I think we should down. I think Sarah should win. Oh, I think Crack should win. Well, you're going to be competing against Sarah next season, so buck up your ideas, son. You're in the big leagues now. I was I was speaking to to Ryan this morning, and we've I've, we've tried to break it down and how Ryan can possibly win it. So, like, to the points, how, how how close it's going to get. I think for Ryan. To win this, either Nia, Nia and Shayna or Daniel Bryan has to win on night two. One of them two, I think, needs to do it for Ryan. If not, I think it's Allen's to kind of walk away with. I'd agree. I'd probably agree with that. But uh, before we go into you and Ross's team, yeah, I'll go with Ross because we have another big league going this season, as we talked about uh, on the NXT preview show. Yes, yes. Um... So for WrestleMania this year, obviously with NXT TakeOver being two nights, SmackDown WrestleMania featuring the tag titles and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and two nights of WrestleMania, we've decided to do a five-night sweep. So there's going to be... (laughs) There's been some developments over from SmackDown, so I'm just going to fill you guys in on the table here because... um, NXT wasn't a particularly great show for me. Um, I get two out of nine on night one and two out of nine on night two. Uh, but for NXT, I'm just looking at the table here. NXT night one saw Scott and Sarah as the only people to get five points. Uh, they each got five out of nine. No one else came within two points of them with uh, a three out of nine for the majority of people in the sweep except me. Um, NXT Night 2, the table sort of turned on its head because more people got better scores. People like Grant, uh, David Hockney, David Campbell got 6 out of 9. Scott got another steady 5 out of 9. But Sarah and Alan got a near-perfect score on Night 2 of NXT TakeOver with 8 out of 9 for the night, which means at the moment in the table, they guys are right up there. And I'm just going to take you to the scores uh, for the table after Smackdown uh, I'm bottom of the table so far <laughs> I'm getting used to that however with the fact that I backed uh, Chad Gable to take the pin and uh, for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this year the points were half point if your pick finishes third a point if they finish runner up three points if they win I finished Nakamura obviously finished runner up it's the story of our season, Jack, with Nakamura. Oh, <laughs> on, tell me about it. So I get three points out of eight for SmackDown, which meant I've got a total combined score of seven out of 26 so far. But a poor night on SmackDown for Gary Kernahan with one out of eight points available means he's got eight points overall 
So I'm right behind him. And then a poor night for Ryan, Jack, and particularly Grant. Grant is the only person so far to get zero points for a said night. On SmackDown, he backed Ali to win the Battle Royal. Sorry, Murphy to win the Battle Royal and the Alpha Academy to win the tag titles. He gets zero points out of a possible eight on offer. So but you see in the winner of course of a New Japan so didn't pick Nakamura and to be honest there's a potential one point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> third bottom tied is Ryan Gallagher, Jack Graham and Grant with nine out of twenty six points. I'm going to take you to a wee shocker here because the high scorer of SmackDown last night with five out of eight backing Chad Gable to take the pin in the tag title match and backing Jey Uso to win the Battle Royal, getting five points out of eight. Stacey Smith has shot herself from second bottom to joint third with David Hockney with a total of ten points out of 26. Here, play Stacey. And uh, the only other person to back Jey Uso to win the Battle Royal was Stephen Wilson. Him, uh, David Campbell, who got a decent scoring last night, uh, their joint second, along with Scott, who after two steady nights of NXT scores, five out of nine and five out of nine, got a mere one out of eight for SmackDown. Back Nakamura. <laughs> which means he's on 11 out of 26, along with Stephen and Campbell. Um, Sarah had a really, really poor night for SmackDown, only one out of eight after two nights of five out of nine and eight out of nine scores for NXT and NXT night two, which saw Alan uh, sneak in with a respectable 3 out of 8, much like myself, he's steadily building here. He got a, a steady score of 3 out of 9 for NXT night 1. A score of 3 out of 8 for it, SmackDown. But his score of 8 out of 9 for NXT night 2 has pushed him to joint top with Sarah. So at the moment for our sweeps league, it's top of the table, Alan and Sarah. Second place, Campbell Scott and Stephen Wilson, all tied. Joint third, Hockney and Stacey. Joint fourth, Grant, Jack and Gary. Fifth place, eh, sorry, Ryan. Fifth place is Gary Kernahan. And bottom of the table, much like on the draft league, is me. I need a miracle for SmackDown for WrestleMania to push myself right up this table. Well, what I'm outcome that is, I was surprised. Uh, I tried for first coming out of night one of Tigor because I did shockingly for the start, but no, I didn't get my first point until the UK title match because I backed Loomis, as I think a lot of people dead on that card but well, speaking of NXT we'll go to you and, and, and Jack and talk about your team and uh, Finn Balor I think has been one of your strongest members of your team but uh, obviously I'll talk to you Dos, about his loss to Karrion Cross. Uh, do you do you guys see this kind of coming as a possibility with, with Finn Balor? <clears throat> yes and no um, I said pick him because I thought it was either going to be a title versus title match with Walter, ah. in which case we could have got, we could have maybe got double points. We don't know the ruling. <laughs> and I know Daniel <laughs> one still ten, one win. I know Daniel still complaining about his points. Um, or we thought carrying cross for WrestleMania, and my, my sort of thinking was put the captaincy on him until Rhea Ripley shows up, as Jax mentioned on a few mm-hmm. Saturday Draft Lives. We thought Rhea would show up a lot sooner than she did. <laughs> um, but the plan was put the title, uh, put the captaincy on Finn Balor. There was going to be a takeover in between, which we knew about, and that was the Pete Dunne match. We then um, got a wee bit of a Brucey bonus when he faced uh, and defended the title successfully against Adam Cole. And then when the cross thing was announced, we were... We were hopeful because there was rumours that Cross was going to lose and just go straight to Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. We were hopeful, but we weren't going to put all our eggs in the Finn Balor basket. We um, we kind of swiftly moved our captaincy to Rhea Ripley because she'd eventually shown up. Uh, and, yeah, we saw it coming, but I think... What, what is it? Three months of steady points, two, two title defences, one in a pay-per-view... Finn Balor is the least of our problems this season. Finn Balor has been a, a light in the darkness for our team this season. <laughs> yeah, would you agree with that, Jack? Yeah, I think 
when 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 Ross Ross Ford at the proposition of taking Finn Balor, I, I I laughed at him through Messenger a bit, purely purely because like Balor just has a terrible track record in our draft. He's had like I think one decent draft, the majority's just been kind of meh, whether he's been injured or just not being used or just not wrestling. It's just been one of those things. But uh, when he when he put the case for him, I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? We'll take him. So maybe. Maybe in hindsight we should have taken him in the first round because someday before us could have taken Rhea in the second and we wouldn't need to have had Rhea and then we could have went to something else. But I think Finn Balor 100% has, has been the best thing and probably the only good thing about our team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm talking about Rhea Ripley, you've got the captaincy on her and I know it's been frustrating that she hasn't been showing up. But would her like winning the title against WrestleMania change anything at all? I know it wouldn't change your standing, but for you looking at her as a pick, would that change anything at all? Or would it just be kind of too little, too late? I think it would be a case of right. We'll at least be a bit justified. A captain winning a title on a pay per view is big points, and I think the, the only annoying thing here is she was a first round pick. And she didn't show up till later, you know. Mm. We talked about Edge has only ever been picked once before. I picked Edge in the fifth round because instead of going for someone like when there's no one really left and going for maybe a, a King Corbin or Elias who is who's fifty fifty whether they're going to win or lose or not, why don't I pick Edge who might show up for five draws, which I believe he did. He showed up for five draws, got me five appearance points, then I put the captaincy on him and he he won at WrestleMania. That's a good fifth round pick. But if that was my first round pick, I'd be absolutely <laughs> raging. I'd be absolutely fuming. And um, yeah, I'm just, would you call it? I'm just, I think we're both a wee bit scunnered, me and Jack. I think we've seen the fact that she should have won the Royal Rumble. Her feet didn't touch the floor, Bianca's did. Cheating bitch. Um, <laughs> then just the, the constant promos of Rhea Ripley coming soon, Rhea Ripley coming soon. I'm really annoyed they didn't do a women's chamber this year because this could have been her chance to do like what Shayna did for Scott last year. Mm-hmm. And while she might not have carried us right up the table herself, we'd certainly have opened up a gap on Sarah and Strack, mm-hmm. who have really they they've held on to edge this season and just climbed the table. Yeah, I think. With, uh, with them, I think we have like took the piss out of them for some of their decisions. You know, MJ and Jericho broke up Britt Baker. She's getting slated some more points. She's got more than fucking Charlotte Flair has now. <laughs> but then they're looking. They've got Seth Rollins, who probably is unlikely to win these matches. Sir, but then they've got Lana and AJ in both title matches. So it's weird how they've suddenly climbed uh, up the up the table a little bit in the last few weeks. But and I know you guys have said in the past you probably should have taken Cesaro. Uh, but Jack, your second best uh, scorer is the guy that you've named your team after, Damien Priest. Who, <laughs> and uh, he's teaming with Bad Bunny, so I think it's fair to say he's guaranteed a win at WrestleMania. Yeah, this is this is one we were like kinda staring that we need to get after WrestleMania. Obviously the it was in Ross's team last year and like very happy was with how that turned out for him, especially what happened at the Royal Rumble night and we were like Right, this is I think this is someone we need to get going because he's there weren't when when you get introduced like that, he's not someone, especially what happened in Raw as well the night after, he's not someone that you thought, right, he's gonna lose matches like straight away. He was one that was always gonna be kept going and like have such momentum and then obviously he's been put into this program with Bad Bunny, Miz and Morrison, and you think that's just gonna be a guaranteed win. Safely, I was shitting myself a wee bit when it was rumoured that him and Morrison were injured, so they were just going to appear. And I was like, "Oh God, that's exactly what we need right now." <laughs> but uh, no, I I'm very happy. We we argued, not not argued. We had a discussion about whether to draft him earlier or whether to make sure we get Rhea and Finn beforehand. Obviously, Finn, Finn probably should have taken in round one, seeing he's like the, like the third overall best scorer this season, and Rhea's only like thirty third. Damien Priest is 15th overall, so he's just outside that top 10 for like the for a round three pick. I think that's like not too bad. Obviously, there's obviously you've got Matt Riddle, he's like fifth overall, so that's good for like that's amazing for like your third round pick. But mm-hmm. Damien yeah. Priest, we're like something that's just like aye, that's something that we, we kind of need to get get done here. 
Uh, Damien Priest was a respectable third round pick for you guys, and he's uh, he's done the part pretty well. Uh, I think, though, Jack and Ross, I think where you've slipped up mainly was choosing Shinsuke Nakamura over Cesaro, who's been getting a ton of exposure over the last few months. Not to mention, I think the tag team pick of Champ and Thatcher was a bit of a was a bit of a dumb move, if I'm being honest. It was there were so many other you know, established teams you could have choose from. But, you know, the makeshift team that appeared out of nowhere and then sort of disbanded just as quickly. That's, uh, mm, I think when it comes to drafting tag teams, sticking with an established team is always always a safer bet. Not really, considering the established team of Bailey and Sarah Banks <laughs> broke up a week into the season. And, you know, is there not a year where the Viking Raiders get injured straight away? So... I'd be useless for half a season, not knowing one of them was injured. <laughs> and, yeah, look, I I don't doubt that um, it was a risk taking Champa and Thatcher, but when you hear the reaction of, um, what's his face, when you hear the reaction of Campbell and when you hear the reaction of Stephen Wilson, uh, both on the live stream and in our group chat, they were, a, they were a hot prospect. They came out of nowhere. We thought it was going to be another dusty. We thought it was going to be another Broserway, sort mm-hmm. of another black and um, ricochet. Unfortunately, didn't work out that way. And then, obviously, I believe there was a COVID outbreak at the Performance Centre at the minute. So, Thatcher never showed up on Wednesday for to tag with Champa or help him in the UK title match. But... <sighs> I don't... A bit of a dumb move, you cheeky get. That's throwing me off. No, no. What would you... Look, you've, you've lucked out this season. You've lucked out. That's <laughs> a massive, massive thing to play. You picked Matt Riddle, who was meant to be a nobody, but Keith Lee's injured. So Matt Riddle is now playing the role of Keith Lee. So that's the only reason Matt Riddle worked out. It was a, a roll of the dice, and it's paid off for you. It's not paid off for me and Jack. A roll of the dice, which, you know, Campbell of the Goat Tones, you know, let me have it for. But he's he's turned out to be our highest scorer this season. So, yeah, definitely Matt Riddle's the new Keith Lee. I think that's, you put it best there, Ross. No, I didn't say he was the new Keith Lee. I said he's filling the role of Keith Lee. Because Lee was meant to win the title. This US title run was meant to be a, something that was given to Keith Lee. You know, I'm just picturing Keith Lee riding around on Matt Riddle's scooter now that you said oh. he's playing the roles of Keith Lee. But Dave, I do have one more question for Jack and Ross. But before I go to that question, do you have anything further you want to ask them? And please don't be so blunt as your your previous question. Well, I like being blunt. You know, there's there's no point beating around the bush. I think it's like just important to get to the nitty gritty stuff. Um, but yeah, um, do you regret choosing Shinsuke over Cesaro in hindsight? Well, of course, in hindsight, yeah. Like, obviously. You know what I mean? Since Yangamir has only got 10 points. I think the thing with that is I, I, I brought to the table about MSK and Cesaro. Uh, MSK, we both kind of got to the agreement that maybe they were a bit too green, but, you know, stupid. And at that time, the when we when the discussion about whether to take Nakamura or Cesaro, it was to do with the contract situation for Cesaro at the time, especially just after the... The, the gauntlet that Shinsuke Nakamura did and Cesaro was in the commentary table, we were like, it, it makes sense to kind of go with Nakamura when it's rumoured that Cesaro had been leaving. Then much later, just a couple of weeks later, he was kind of off TV. Nakamura was filling that role for a bit, as has been mentioned before. And then Cesaro signs this new contract. And then next year, he's the last one standing that Rollins coming out for his like address to the SmackDown roster and swings him about. So it's, I think it's just we had we had solid thinking for what our picks were. It's just unfortunate it's not turned out the way it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the subject of Nakamura, that round we were going to pick, I believe, Seth Rollins, Jack. That was but, something we considered as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you know where you draft from, along with luck, does play a factor in it. You know, and we would you call it? We did. We did want Seth Rollins. We, on the spot, had to make a decision, Cesaro or Shinsuke Nakamura. And instead of sitting down and analysing it, we just kind of thought, Cesaro's contract's meant to be up. He's made it clear he's not happy. 
Shinsuke Nakamura's just won a gauntlet match and he's just beat Jey Uso and he's in and about the universal title picture. Let's go for... He was in about the Intercontinental title picture. Let's not forget that at the start of the season. And, and your dogs, I don't think we're very happy about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> defending me. You're, you're right. You're right. He did pin Apollo Crews. He did pin Apollo Crews. <laughs> and, you know, it's just... It's such a... It's the risk on the road to WrestleMania because we've seen it before. Gary picked a really good on-paper team one season, uh, I believe, last year's road to WrestleMania. Uh-huh. But he had people... I mean, Gary always has a solid team on paper. But he had people like Randy Orton who were just, like, punting people in the head. And, you know, he had Lana who was in that big storyline with Rusev and then all of a sudden that just got taken off TV because of Rusev's contract situation. I think we didn't want a similar situation with Cesaro. So we went Nakamura and then obviously Nakamura ends up playing second fiddle to Cesaro in this feud. Loses twice to Seth Rollins, who we want to pick. So, I, do we regret Nakamura for the scores? Yes, but I don't think it was a poor decision because on paper, our first choice was taken. It was a choice between our second and third choice. We went second and we went logically about it. Unfortunately, logic doesn't play into WWE sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, before we, we wrap this up, I'm going to ask this to Ross and Jack. Uh, I may ask a similar question to David about his thing with Robert. But uh, we're coming to the end of this tag team season, first time we've ever done this. We may come back to it before the rest of Rumble to Mania season next year. You know, keep each season being very different, uh, it's own unique thing. But going into next season, we're going to be going back to you know every man for himself again. But uh, I want to ask Ross and Jack because you know you guys were on the Raw report for uh, quite a while, and then you had a uh, book it and some very harsh words were exchanged. <laughs> Friendships were called into question, and then you two are are paired together in this team. Uh, I want to ask both of you what your what your thoughts were on getting paired together, and uh, what was the dynamic like in terms of uh, making decisions for the good of the team in terms of the picks you made. Um... I think we kind of talked everything through. I think we knew straight from the word go. But we were, I think, and this is um, this is maybe a warning to future draft people because I mentioned Gary before. Gary, that's uh, last WrestleMania season, said like, we, when we were all talking after it uh, on the live stream, oh, we were like, oh, God, I wish I got you know this guy. Well, I wish I got this guy. And Gary's like, I must be, he went, there must be something wrong because I'm happy with everyone I've got. And from round one to three, me and Jack were like, right, we want Balor, we want Balor. Nobody's taking Balor, yes, we'll get Balor. We want Ripley, sorry, Ripley. We want Ripley, we want Ripley. Nobody's taking her, yes, get her. We want Balor, yes, let's get Balor. We want Priest, let's get Priest. Uh, And with our tag team as well, Champa and Thatcher, nobody took them first. And you're talking about an established tag team here, Dave. People pick the likes of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman mm-hmm. as tag teams. They're not on the start. They're not going to get you tag team points. They're going to get you lots of appearance points together, but it's not an established tag team. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, the tag picks round one, round two, round three. We got everyone we wanted. Round four, when we didn't get Seth Rollins, well, we got our second choice pick in Shinsuke Nakamura, and round five, which someone I think showed up quite well at the start of the season and then I don't know if she's had a COVID scare or had to isolate or they're just not used to her on TV but Sonia Deville she was sort of the Smackdown general manager for a bit while Adam Pearce was popping up on Raw and then all of a sudden you know a great pick by the Goat Tones Scrap Daddy Adam Pearce starts appearing on every show taking on the Bailey and Sasha Banks role from uh, a couple of seasons ago so I think our, our dynamic, we talked about it, we never put too much thought in it because I think you can overthink these things. But yeah, I think we, we got everyone we wanted just about. It's just a case of the road to WrestleMania is a tricky season to navigate and unfortunately luck's just not been on our side. Yeah, I think, obviously, it's, there's, there's no question the, the, the relationship myself and Ross McLeod have had over the over or since I joined the podcast. You know, I, I came in, I, I was the, the co-host to Raw Report, and then the, the the restructure of how the podcast went. 
Raw Report and uh, that, that other show, that Enemy Back to the Wrestling, that monthly thing stopped as well. So did the uh, Central and whatnot. And then uh, we were so crudely put against each other in the Book It tournament. It was through, through no choice of our own, you know, uh, just the, the, the people at B for that series just wanted to wanted ratings. And, and it's true, me and Ross McLeod are ratings. You know, you, you put us two <laughs> and we, we, we produce the goods, you know. It's just what happens. But then, as fate would have it in the wheel, it brings Jack and Ross back together again. And it's... We're, we're back baby you know it's just we're, we're doing what we do best unfortunately it's not worked out too well but you know what we've brought some patter along the way we've had a good time we were, we were top of, we were top of the first week and to be honest I've not do- stopped drinking since then so yeah. uh, it's, it's the dynamic's good you know when it goes to singles season next next season I'll I'll have respect for Ross I'll, I'll cheer him on if he's going to win it and I'm sure he'll cheer me on if I win it Oh, absolutely. But I would you call it my dog disagrees there as you can hear. Um, <laughs> we, um, I think what we're going to do as well, like, unlike past people who have maybe had poor performances and taken their ball and went home and not competed in the next season of the draft, me and Jack have finished bottom. We're going to laugh about it, dust ourselves off, and go into singles competitors next season. And the thing is, we're not going to sit here and blame. Oh, you wanted him, or oh, I wanted him. We, like you know, Scott and Stephen are doing in the group chat. Whether will you pick Charlotte Flair? Or will you pick Kushida? <laughs> or how Strax went quiet and left Sarah just to fend for herself? Or how? And we all know this is going to happen. Win, lose, or draw. And best of luck to the Goat Tone. Seriously, best of luck to Gary and Grant when they go into it. And best of luck to David and Robert. But we all know as soon as this season's done. David Campbell is going to start talking shit about Ryan Gallagher, and <laughs> Ryan Gallagher's going to start and what in what I'm five foot six and I'm the Claybank Hardman Act, and it's just you know what I mean like me and Jack we had a poor season, we move on if we get paired together next year hopefully we get a bit of better luck, but we're not going to slate and slag the other person's teammate another and just start a wee civil war between our team. Uh. I would like to respond that I think Dean Muslim was the worst possible partner I could have been. We respond to any messages. We should have changed the captaincy from to Raquel a few weeks ago. You know, he bullied me into picking Charlotte first, so he did. I, mean, I, I, I know Kushida was a bust again. But I want to say Raquel Gonzalez is my idea. Uh, but David, before I wrap up, and things that looking back at it, uh, how would you feel about Robert Shaw as your partner this season? You know what? We've clicked brilliantly throughout this season. You know, we've got that same, we've had that same analytical mindset throughout. We had proper planning, preparation, which prevented a piss poor performance. And, you know, it's it's reflective in the in the stats here. Like we currently are the only team where all of our team members have scored at least 20 points with a very well-balanced team scoring left, right and centre. And we're still in a good position to still finish at least second place with our captain still to compete in a title match at WrestleMania and our highest scorer set to defend his title uh, there as well. So we're in a, I think we're in a very good position to not only finish strong, but we've established ourselves as a pair of the, the most top analytical minds that this draft has seen. And as an individual competitor as well, the, the past seasons speak for themselves. More often than not, I finish in the top five. I had one bad season, fair enough. But you know what? You live and learn. And as Ross said, you pick yourself up, brush yourself off and carry on. Uh, and you know what? The transfer season's coming around again. The West End Country Club has uh, reopening following uh, easing of restrictions. And we're just going to do what the West End Country Club does. And that is perform better than all of you. And you know it. Get it around you. <laughs> you performed better than everybody in season 7 until uh, somebody else on this podcast uh, won that season, I don't know who but moving into well, closing by this podcast I have enjoyed this season, you know, the season, the concept of having a team and you know, having someone else to blame your decisions on has been great, uh, but I look forward to going back to being every man for himself next season because you know, with me it seems to be do well one season and then do really shape the next You know, I went from winning one season to a couple of seasons later and going very near relegation then came back to win the next season then here, I, here I'm in the middle of the table of season so I'm going in next season with just a, a fuck it mentality when it comes to my pits be like fuck it if I don't like them I'll swap them in the mid-season anyway so, so just a quick 
You all seem to have, mine is maybe David uh, Hockney, you all seem to have hated your partners this year. It just reminds me of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when Rosa hates the guy she has to share a desk with. <laughs> Whereas me and Jack, we're like Charles Boyle and his desk buddy. We're leaving <laughs> for each other. We're sending each other cute notes like, you can do it. If you're starting from the bottom, the only way to go is up. Unfortunately, that's not been possible for our tag team. We've stayed at the bottom, but still, we, we've encouraged each other. We're the little engine that could until it couldn't. Yeah, I've heard you call that little other things we can repeat on here and lead up to a cricket match. <laughs> Look, that was that was not our fault. We as we were put against each other against our will, and as I said, the the series needed ratings, and we gave the ratings. I know you weren't lashing out at me, Jack. You were lashing out at the decision to put us against each other. It's fine. It's fine. I was. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> also, speaking of big spoilers, people, it's been for a couple of weeks. So, David, you're an Adam Cole v. Jackson Riker. You deserve to lose. <laughs> aye, aye. Now, you shouldn't have been in the final in the first place. Picked a retired tag team. Excuses, excuses. I beat you convincingly. You're a retired tag team. One of them's main event in WrestleMania, and one of them's probably going to main event double or nothing. (laughs) Uh, Well, balding bitch. (laughs) Oh, oh, right in the heart. Right in the heart. (laughs) Okay, before this comes to virtual fisticuffs. And Ross goes and recovers in the corner there where he's laughing. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Saturday Night Live, the uh, season eight finale. I forgot what fucking season we're on at this stage. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out Eats and Soup Like on all good Android podcasts, Anger, Spotify, iTunes. Check out ESSR Central. Ross was on it alongside Family Robbie and Stephen Wilson. Recently, there's also a live version of it on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, you can check out. Uh, you've got the on our YouTube. You've got the empty Nandalover uh, preview, and that'll be on our YouTube and Facebook at, at ten. I believe at ten PM tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow for WrestleMania. Yeah, we're not sure what time we're going live at yet. We're going um, both Saturday night and Sunday night. We'll have a live preview covering both nights. Um, so just keep an eye out for our YouTube and Facebook, ch- uh, our Facebook and YouTube channel. Sorry. And we will be on there around about after nine o'clock, uh-huh. after dark, so we can swear. <laughs> Post-watershed. Exactly. But if you want to stay tuned for the exact time and when you're going to catch it, stay tuned uh, to our social media and follow us at Supertree on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Keep up, join our community page where you can come in and leave uh, your part on all of our uh, kind of feature shows. We've had a feature show go up recently about uh, the best moments from the world after WrestleMania. We've got a feature show coming next week talking about China, hosted by the wonderful Chris Murray and... The following week we're going to have a show talking about Dark Side of the Ring and so much more to come in the coming weeks. This uh, Thursday, I believe, I think that we're working for uh, the Season 9 selection show will be live. And if you can't catch it live and you just don't want to look at our, our faces, I wouldn't blame you with our lockdown haircuts. Uh, uh, you can check out the audio version that will be available at the same time that uh, the podcast is usually available on a Saturday and stay tuned for that show because I said every man will be for himself. There'll be all sorts of tensions there usually is. But also, come the end of it, stay tuned all the way to the end as there'll be an announcement that may affect the very face of Saturday Draft Live as we know it. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that's how you want to end the season. But to our guest for this week, Russell Clare, I say thank you. Thank you. And to my co-host once again after the end of another season, Jack Graham. Thank you very much. Pleasure being here. And David Hockney. Thank you, Scott, and I'll see you next season. And we will see you all next week on the Season 9 Selection Show. Sports Social Podcast Network.